the first Chicago matchup, the great comeback. Heather's joining us, and I want to read you this headline. This is, for me, kind of amazing. This is a headline from a Bears site, a Bears media site. Bears snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Now, what does that sound like? That, <laughs> thank you. That's why I read it, David. Talk. What does that remind you of? That's a headline that we normally would read here in Detroit. What a difference a few years make, huh? Yeah. It's just different. That's a game that we would have lost and to watch them come down the field in the last few minutes in complete control was mm-hmm. the Lions doing a 180 for me. And I have to tell you guys, I was I was just as nervous as I was when I stopped watching the Lions. But, you know, I kept watching inside of me thinking they're going to pull this out. They seemed under control despite having thrown, uh, what three interceptions. I was worried about the amount of time left. I saw the clock ticking, but I, I was pretty surprised to discover. I never lost hope, never lost hope. And, and Heather, you're new to the party relatively. You only suffered through the Patricia era. Mm -hmm. That is a lion's way to lose. That's why David reacted like that. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory is exactly specifically a lion's way to lose. So we watched, we did to the Bears what other teams did to us for decades and decades yes. and decades. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, what a great feeling it was to be on the other side of it, right? It was almost eerie because I had complete confidence in the Lions, not a feeling I'm familiar with. And because I watched the other team get crushed, just like we used to do. And I watched the other team's quarterback celebrate before he ought to have. Dancing on apparently the logo, I don't know what that was. And then watching them get the rug pulled out from under them. (laughs) I've been watching these reaction videos online of Bears fans reacting to like they were in the lead or hovering around the lead through the whole game and then watch their reactions was just lovely. Agreed. <laughs> it's it's kind of schadenfreude. <laughs> we like watching other people's misery now, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily nervous, but something felt off in the beginning. It was like, you know, everybody talked about our schedule being easier now. And I mean, you look at the bears record and it felt like we should have just had control the entire time, but something was just a little off to see the bears quarterback dance like that. After that play, something in me was like, Oh, you're going to regret that. And then basically right after that, it's like the game switched. That's interesting. Cause I had the same idea in me, like, Oh, you might regret that. You know, that's the bulletin board material, David, that we you and I were talking about earlier. It's not, there's no time to put it on a bulletin board, but it's the thing that can pump the other guys up. Youth, you know, like he celebrated too. He he needs to realize there's, there's still a lot of time on the clock. He just didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is what I'm going to remember from this game. Ever since I saw Hard Knocks and I heard the way Aiden Hutchinson talked to Obina Eze, I 
didn't like it or him very much. He sounded entitled. He sounded elitist. He sounded arrogant. And I recognize that he's a fantastic player. I've recognized that from the, from the beginning. This week, I know people are paid to do a job, and he did his job. What I'm going to remember from this week, and the reason that I feel differently about him this week than I have before, is because I saw not just effort, I saw presence in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know the play I'm talking about where he, oh, yeah. he strip-sacked the guy. You could see him looking. He knew what he was doing. He He's, he's fighting off a defender. He just reaches. He could see the ball. He reaches out. It just, that's all you need to do. You don't need to come up with some amazing. It was an amazing play. But he had the presence of mind just to reach his hand out and slap that ball right out of his hand. But even after that, I think is the moment where, where Marshall, what is the term you use? Fell in love with Aiden Hutchinson? Yes. that this. Yeah. Go ahead. Describe the moment because that's right. Is when he sees the ball out and he shoves the the offensive Lineman. Yeah. He shoves him. He's like, if you're, if I, if I can't get to the ball, you're not going to get the ball. Thank you for saying that. Cause that was probably his thought process. That's what I love. He went to try to get the ball. The other guy, the offensive lineman was heading toward it. The Chicago offensive lineman. There was nothing Aiden Hutchinson could do in terms of getting to the ball faster. And he must've thought some version of what Heather said. If I can't get to the ball, you won't be able to. He shoved the guy. It was exactly what he needed to do in that moment because there was nothing else he could do. And what did he do? The guy lost his balance, stumbled, and ended up kicking the ball out of the end zone. I, I, something, I understand the way he talked to Obina Eze is the way he talked to him. Something in me changed. It was such a heads-up effort play. And I've seen him make some amazing interceptions. and. Mm-hmm. This one was just base level, ground level. I can't out anything you. I'm just going to out idea you right mm-hmm. now. And I, I, I can't say because I, I bet you there are a lot of football players, a lot, who would have not thought, well, let me just reach out and shove this guy. That it's a heads up play. It's a heads up play. That was really super smart. So there was that that I'll remember. And I will not forget, I've said it readily on this podcast, I'm not a very good athlete. I let things get in my head. Now, Goff is hard on himself. I've showed you the languaging that he uses when he talks about himself. He even called this a dumb, what did I, what did he say, Heather? Dumb, silly? I can't remember, but he did use, he did use the word dumb, but I can't remember. He's hard on himself. That's why LA hurt him so badly. Yeah. Three interceptions that this guy threw. You can certainly argue it appeared that two of them were not his fault. You can also argue there were two more balls that could have been intercepted. This was not Jared Goff's day. We all have those days. We all have those days. And yet, he managed to do what he needed to do to throw the touchdown to Jameson Williams, to lead a calm, steady drive, making precise throws, a couple of amazing throws, one to St. Brown, and then the two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. I won't forget from this game, Jared Goff standing tall and saying, this day sucks. I'm still going to leave a winner. Yeah. I know for me, it's hard to put something out of my head. If I do something 
regretful or something I could have changed. I I think about it constantly the whole day I'm thinking about it. So for that guy to just park that aside and continue on with, with the game is, I don't know what kind of teaching he, what he's listening to, to get past that. But wow, what a feat. Yeah. My internal world as an athlete was always exactly what you don't want it to be. Like if I, if I get a base hit the first time up in a baseball game, I was okay. But if I got out the first time, then the next time I'm up, I'm so preoccupied with doing something different. So I won't get out. And all I'm thinking about is getting out and I get out Hmm. and the third. So my, my potential for doing well declines as the game goes on. If I'm struggling in the game. If you think about how he used to always check down his first season with us, versus now and he was throwing those long passes even after interceptions it was pretty amazing to watch that like his mental state has strengthened to the point where like you said he makes that interception and then the next play he's on the field he's not rattled by it he's disappointed but he's not rattled by it he's still gonna show up and perform and he did two drives that ended with touchdowns even with three, it was amazing. There are days that, and I know Heather is like this too, David, you might be like this too, that it feels like you can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And my cousin Daniel told me a long time ago, on those days, you can at least do laundry. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I know. I, I love that. Wow, I'm going to remember that. Isn't that amazing? It's made many an unproductive day for me, a day where I am not hard on myself. And that's how I saw Jared Goff. He couldn't get a thing done, and then he's like, well, at least I can do laundry. I can make the pass when I have to. What's that line again? I got to remember that. That's terrific. When you feel like you can't, and I give my cousin Daniel, I'm going to tell him to listen to this episode. He gets full credit. It's genius. It's genius and he needs to hear that word used in public about him he deserves it as much or more than anybody it's genius when you think you can't get anything done you can at least do laundry (laughs) that's great um one of the plays or moments from from the game and this is another thing i hear you say to me uh marshall is you need to stack wins in, in regards to uh, Jamison Williams, he caught a touchdown, and it's such a confidence booster for him to catch that ball. And between that block last week and this one, that's another thing I'll take away from this game. The feeling that Jamison Williams is on the right track, that I, David and I were wrong, and we wanted to be wrong. Yes. I noticed him in the huddle at the end of the game. I'm like, oh, they've got Williams in there when the chips are down and the odds are against us, they've got Williams in. Yeah. Suddenly, I felt myself more confident. Go ahead, David. I like how you're right. He's a threat. It doesn't matter what time he's in the game. He's always, a, he's, if he's there, he's a threat. And I believe he was in that whole last few minutes. He was in that game. He was. Every time I checked the huddle, I saw him. I think it's significant that he caught the ball, you know, for that touchdown, for the win, because it was kind of a a back and forth game. It was kind of a struggle. 
And then you really needed to be able to rely on him to catch that ball and for it not to get called back because that had been, you know, I know he's had previous touchdowns that counted, but he's also had like a couple get called back. So it was really cool in that moment during that game for that catch. It was kind of a big deal, obviously for his confidence, of course, but for the momentum of the team, fine. Yes, we can count on him. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a relief, you know? Yes, yeah. And this is the second deep throw where Jamison Williams, you correct me, you guys, if I'm wrong, is sort of turning, running backwards because he's kind of outrunning the co- his coverage or whatever. Like he, the guys are sort of split on either side of him. And he's actually turned around fully backwards just catching the ball. He's so fast. You bring up a good point because I was always thinking to myself, Goff underthrows those balls. I wonder why. It gives everybody a chance to catch up. And then I realized if we saw the game film, the what do they say, the all 22 where you can see all the players at once? Yes, yes. yes. I bet you that guy is so frigging wide open for so long. Yes, I bet you Goff right. had time to throw it and knowing that they would never be able to catch up with it. Yeah. Huh. I bet they have to really practice because he's so fast. They have to practice that timing between Goff and, and Williams. Well, they that's what they've been talking about, Heather, and I guess that's what's going on. Yeah, so maybe they're getting it down. Yeah. You know, another thing that, that I'll remember is just how in control they seem to be in those last few minutes. Just how every play seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Everything that they were doing seemed to go along without a hitch. And the Lions seemed to have so many choices, meaning Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, like their running back, Montgomery. Like they just had all these weapons mm-hmm. to choose from. And that's something I, it was usually when I was younger and watching the Lions, Barry Sanders left, Barry Sanders right, you know, and that was it. I liked when they had um, Montgomery and maybe Gibbs out there at the same time. <laughs> so they didn't know which one was going to get the ball. Heather, all I've been doing is looking at reruns of the game on uh, on YouTube. That's all I've been doing for the last couple of days. I swear to God, I'm so tired of it. Well, you don't have long to wait, David, because tomorrow there's another game. So I'm going to get this edited. All right. I have to say this to be complete. This did not feel like as big of a comeback as it seemed when people wrote about it and talked about it. I felt mm-hmm. like they were going to win. I never didn't think they were. I was like, huh, they haven't turned it on yet. Huh, they haven't turned it on yet. And like you said, they were never not in control, David. I felt a winning team assert themselves and say, okay, now is the time. We've got to win this thing right now. They weren't panicked. They were just making it happen. It's interesting because the analyst said, to dig themselves in a hole and to watch them pull out of it. That's the sign of a, a team that's on the rise. If you can be in a hole, stay in control and win it in the end. And they, they did just that. That's it. The, what I reference for what you're talking about is the NBA. There's no greater reference for what you're describing than the NBA, where all the teams are in it until the last two, three minutes. <laughs> yes. But in those last two, three minutes, the better team 
the team that's going to win says, it's time now. We're going to win this thing now. We're better than you are. What's that Larry Brown story, David? It's like that. Yeah. We're just going to show you. We're just going to turn it on and we're going to show you. You're right. It's like they hit a, hit a switch and say, okay, enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just do their thing. But like I said, the old pattern got done on the Bears. Bears <laughs> snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And that is a headline you could have written since the day I was born about the Lions. Something I enjoy about this Lions team is that I can tell the defense sometimes struggles on how to handle running quarterbacks. They like haven't quite figured out the right formula for running quarterbacks. And what I enjoy is knowing that they will figure it out. I look forward to the games where they have a handle on running quarterbacks to the point where that ain't going to work either. So like, I'm excited about the fact that they learn from these hurdles. Yeah, it was, it was so funny because uh, I was saying to Marshall, like, how do you beat that guy? He's just, he's unstoppable. And, and Marshall uh-huh. said, you make him throw. Yeah. That's you right. make him throw. <laughs> That's how you beat him. <laughs> yep, his, his arm's okay. He happened to have a couple of terrific throws. He, yeah. Terrific he, throws, yeah. Don't terrific. let him beat you with his legs. Just yeah. period, period. But I didn't notice it until you mentioned it, Marshall. He does not have that precision in his throws, though. He has, like, I'm going to use the word yeet. He, like, yeets it out there. and it's Because <laughs> he's used to throwing on the run, and I don't care how good you are as a mobile quarterback. Let me say that again. I don't care how good you are as a mobile quarterback. Let me say it a third time. I don't care how good you are. Physics will dictate that you are not as good throwing on the run as another human being is throwing from a set position, period, end of statement. Mm. You throw the ball while you're running, you have to calculate inside yourself how much to take off the ball to compensate for the fact that you're in movement when you throw it. And it's a difficult and often yeety proposition (laughs) to guess what that is. I don't know. It'll be about that hard. Oh, I have this one last thing that that I remember from the game. I think it was this game. They kick off to Detroit and the kicker kicks it way up high. Yeah, I think. Yes. Yes. And the whole uh, Chicago team surrounds, I think it was Amon Ross St. Brown. And he still caught They circle him. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and he caught the ball. And he still <laughs> caught it. <laughs> oh, I was so nervous. Didn't he, did he call for a fair catch? He called for a fair catch, yes. Well, you have to give him room to make the catch. Yeah, but they, it was still like, you know, anything could have happened. They were just a... I got you. You're saying you're the pressure him. of making... Well, that's why Barry Sanders ran away from those punts. He was afraid to drop the ball. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was just... I was happy St. Brown was there to catch it. Ah. Uh.